Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Frost. Now, my guest today is just incredible. He's won 11 Paralympic medals. He's heading over to the US to represent Great Britain this year for the World Equestrian Games in September. And he's celebrating his 20th anniversary in the equestrian industry. Not only that, he's a sir. It is none other than Sir Lee Pearson. Now, we say equestrianism isn't easy, but it's even harder when you're born with a disability. And Lee has without a doubt overcome that and shown incredible strength, probably from his mum. And he's kind enough to share some of his story today. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I just feel a little bit excited today. You know, we have the most incredible guests. Well, uh, last week I got a phone call asking if one of the Paralympians would like to join us on the Horse Hour podcast. And I get no other than Sir Lee Pearson. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Nervous for the, what questions are going to follow. No, you're nervous. I feel like I need to bow to you because you've no. had a sword either side of you. You're a sir. Uh, I- there's an innuendo there and a half, but I'm not going to go there. So, yeah, I am a sir. But honestly, on a day-to-day basis, I'm just Lee. Of course you are. I know. But what, is, yeah. what was it like then for a normal guy like you, Lee, going up and, um, and, being, and being knighted? It's really surreal. And it's still really surreal because, um, yeah, I get really embarrassed about the knighthood, believe it or not, and being called Sir Lee because, yeah, um, it's... Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is an honour, and it's a massive honour. And uh, yeah, it's quite a big pill to swallow because men are just sirs when you're little, and then you become a Mister, and you don't expect a, a title change. To be honest, mm-hmm. but uh, well, if it yeah, makes I you think... feel any better, I'm going to buy a piece of land in Scotland and be called Lady. For the purposes, lady. you can call or, me or Lady Amy married. today. Or, yeah, or we could call. We could just get married. It's loads. You don't even have to buy that 12-inch plot then. <laughs> That would work out quite well. Um, but I'd love to know, what, do they give you a reason? When, when, you, when you are knighted and you become a sir, yeah. what, what exactly do they say to you? So mine is uh, services to equestrianism and disabled sports, I think. But generally, it's not just your results. I do quite a lot of charity work publicly and privately. And so it's the whole combination of you as a person, what you've done for the country and, and, and how you inspire and, and help others, really. That's pretty incredible. You must feel not only privileged to have an accolade like that, but to be able to do what you love. I mean, forget the awards, to be able to ride every day and to actually give back and, and to share your experiences. I think yeah. you're really lucky to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, half of me wakes up in the morning and thinks I should get a proper job. <laughs> 
and then the other half is like unbelievably grateful and it uh you'll hear me keep saying this word but my life is surreal and i wake up and i think for example in september i'm flying a homebred horse around the world to america to compete and somebody with a severe disability years ago would never have that opportunity so Mm. it's the opportunities that are available and i'm working really hard but it's the training that keeps me going i love i absolutely love the training now we're at um, the unicorn trust at still on the world at the moment and i'm officially training later on this afternoon but this morning I just went down to the outdoor arena and just me and my horse and uh, that's what's kind of kept me going and ended up with me achieving the results that I've done that it isn't the glory uh, of going down the centre line and winning the odd gong it isn't isn't the honours it is just the the horses and the training keeps you going I mean this is uh, you're the probably the first media lady I've spoken to lady 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 thank you you're welcome Uh, this is I'll be at some point this year celebrating my 20th anniversary of being in para dressage oh congratulations I started training in 1998 and then went to the world championships in Denmark in 1999 so uh, I hate the feeling that I am that old, that I've been doing a sport for 20 years. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah it's but even, even that, Lee, when you explain it, okay, let's just take this into perspective, okay? 20 years, 11 times you've won a, a Paralympic medal. And then you just said then you, you started in 98 and you went to the Germany game, the games in 99. Denmark, Denmark. The, the Denmark games in 99. Yeah. So that was only a year. That that must have been quite a, a really tough year to start riding, and then I didn't start. The games. Yeah, I didn't start riding. I started riding more professionally. So I've ridden uh, since I was eight years old, mm-hmm. and then I, that was when I got in touch with the powers that be, the governing bodies, which was kind of RDA at the time and the IPEC, International Paralympic Equestrian Committee, or um, before we became members of the FEI. And um, so that was when I thought, right, I've seen the Atlanta Paralympics on television. I knew nothing about power dressage. In fact, I knew nothing about dressage. And uh, it goes a little bit more surreal that obviously I was kind of doing able body competitions then as well as uh, power dressage. And uh, in 2004, became a national champion against able bodied riders wow. uh, at, at Stonely at the summer championships. Um, so that was quite surreal to manage that within really kind of four or five years of deciding to do dressage. And then took that horse to to training at Grand Prix and competing at PSG. So once again, even though my limbs are bent and I have what's perceived as a severe disability, I'm really lucky that when I'm on the horse, I'm quite symmetrical. Well, um, I think I feel that as an able-bodied rider, I just want to learn so much from you because your balance is unreal. So you must have incredible core strength. Mm. I trot, sitting trot for five minutes and I have a stitch. I'm too lazy (laughs) to do rising trot. That's why. Everybody thinks I'm really good at it. I train for years. I'm just too lazy to do rising trot. I'd love to know how you how you do keep your core strength up so much and how you, you need do to have balance. a lesson but if you yeah. speak to my clients I'm very funny but I'm very strict as well so after imagine. 45 minutes they're exhausted and they can't come up with any excuses like my legs hurt or my arms hurt because I'm like really really well I, I yeah no I, I agree in with fact you. <laughs> back to a certain honor the latest one uh, it was Prince William that uh, knighted me and he I said uh, uh, your royal highness do you still ride and he goes I do but my hips and knees have started to give me a little bit of grief when I ride and I went no excuses really have you <laughs> I didn't say mate but I no, no, no. 
<laughs> and what did he say to that? He just was laughing his head okay. off. And my mum and dad were in the audience. And when I got around, they went, what did you, because they know that I'm really cheeky, what did you say to Prince William that he was laughing so much? I said, I was yeah. just giving him grief. Well, how brilliant that you can you can do that. And, um, and that's okay. I think I probably would have been arrested. <laughs> Probably, I've been in many situations that I should have been arrested. Would you mind taking us back to your childhood, Lee, just for a second? Because, and I, and I really want to get the truth from you, because there are so many stories that go out there. Um, and I think when you're in the public eye, there are so many rumours, they call it fake news. And, yeah. and I just want to know the real, the real story and the, and the real Lee. Um, but I did read on CNN that when you were born, you were kept in a cupboard after your mum mm-hmm. had just given birth to you. Was that true? Yeah. Yeah, well, there was complications, so she was taken down to theatre and she passed a ward where there was a lot of crying ladies and upset and the, 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 the person that was pushing, my mum said, oh, that's where ladies have lost their babies. They were talking mm. 1974 now. Yeah, and then they decided that to do a caesarean on my mum and um, because the she was told the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck, that's all she was told, but that was also true. Um, so then all she can remember is three days of coming in and out of sedation. They just kept sedated, and when she came out, she knew she was on this ward with lost babies, but nobody would tell her that she'd got a lost baby. So she uh, said she'd scream the hospital down if somebody wouldn't give her an answer. Um, mm. So they put her in a wheelchair with supposed professionals following her down this corridor, and they stopped at this room and opened it, and it was, it was like a broom cupboard stroke storage room with mattresses up against the walls. And, yeah, there was a cot at the back of the room with a blanket over, and um, my mum was frightened of reacting badly in front of supposed professionals. So she just took a big deep breath, walked over and removed this blanket. And I was a right state. Uh, my left foot was right around my right knee. My right foot was wrapped around my left knee. My arms were deadly straight and twisted. Um, separate to that, half my face was a birthmark. and I had a birthmark on top of my head and a hernia. So um, I said to my mum, I said, like, what did you think when you first saw me? And she went, I thought SH1T. <laughs> she thought, oh. yeah. It's like, great, mum, that's really nice. The first impression <laughs> of me. But what an incredibly strong woman, you know, not only so. to, to be able so. to have the savvy in her to go, okay, mm. this, this, there's something wrong. Mm. Um, I love him and yeah. everyone's going to take him away from him and I'll be damned. Mm. They are not taking my baby yeah. away from me. But yeah. you, you don't have a birthmark now. No, the one um, on top of my head was removed and then the one on the side of my face, only when I was really a child, if I got angry, would kind of glow up. Half my face would get redder than the other side and that's just slowly, I've, I've, never, I've never really seen it uh, and I rarely get angry to be fair, so uh, that's probably why. And yeah, back to my mum, yeah, early 20s and then having to put me through 14 major operations, iron me out, breaking bones and limbs and being cast up. And then she only told me a few years ago that um, one of the most difficult moments was when I was a toddler so I could speak and she had to tie me to a crucifix every day to get my arms and shoulders to go back. And I just would look at her crying and say, please don't do this to me, mummy. And she had to do it. I know that one really gets to me as well because I don't really, I remember a lot of the pain, but I don't, more towards the later operations. So... And I just think, yeah, the strength for mum and dad. Dad was a lorry driver and he worked nights and he was bringing the pennies in. But, yeah, the strength of a mother. And she lay next to me through every operation, knowing that when I would come out of it, I would throw my guts up because that's what I did every single time. Yeah, and, um, yeah, the strength. I think a lot of my strength and awful humour and big fat belly comes from my mum, I think. (laughs) 
Well, she's just incredible to know, yeah. to, to, to watch your child. Yeah. Well, and then to go on. make your child. And then, yeah, and yeah. then to, to be so, you and know, also, she deserves, she deserves, you know, the knighthood. I tell her she that she's won Breeder of the Year Award most years. <laughs> Yeah, because I've got two older brothers, and they've been successful in certain ways in their own in their own lives. And they, we we all live in farms, but we're all from working class backgrounds. And mm. and my mum will just say, if you were to put the phone down for me and ring her and say, "Oh, you you must be really proud of Lee," she'll just go, "I'm proud of all my sons." She won't uh, yeah. separate my successes uh, against my brothers. No, of course. And that's the way they're supposed to love you all equally. But how lovely for you now, I should imagine. Okay, so that was only 1974. You know, we're not talking the 20s or 30s. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So I hope she went to court and got them, you know, struck off for what they couldn't do that. No, well, that wasn't the the Americanized way of doing things like that, never wasn't in this country. Do you know what I mean? And Mm. she also, in her own mind, deliberates whether she had an asthma attack uh, quite badly within her pregnancy. Pregnancy and and she vaguely remembers the doctor just walking in and giving her a drug and she also so she wonders whether that drug contributed or caused my disability but mm. it's a different era do you know what I mean and sometimes you can keep looking back and you can think how much you could perhaps get out of somebody but do you know what does it make you a better person no You're just it best doesn't looking forward I don't like the where where there's a blame there's a claim kind of theory do you know what I mean and um, and uh, and that isn't really the way that my family kind of works so no not not for money i just meant you know is, mm. was that the norm then um, were many mm. people or, or was it different mm. but i think what's fascinating now and what's so amazing showing your mum's incredible strength and your only because let's be honest you could have just wallowed in self-pity Maybe. you know and stayed in your bed forever but but you, you didn't um is that now you are the reason you and natasha and erin and sophie wells everyone else who's representing team great britain in september are the reason that we talk about disabilities and that it's okay and yeah. and that we can all be supportive because for so long mm. we couldn't talk about it. Yeah, and I think the British media played a massive part on how comfortable people are talking about disability and being with disabled people and accepting with the run-up to the London Paralympics, really. You never heard just London Olympics. It was always ingrained in the media. You always read and heard London Olympics and Paralympics and that was the first Paralympics or Olympic year that that's ever happened. That didn't happen in for Beijing, uh, Athens and Sydney. Um, so kind of like, I do hear that a lot when I do interviews, but you guys, you, the media, have made disability more approachable and more, more the norm, really. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's still a long way to go. I, I, feel, I always say that um, as a Paralympian, you still need quite a lot of um, psychological strength because I can walk into a room and be called an inspiration and a hero, and I don't really take that on board. But I can also walk into a shop so I'm next to somebody and be looked at like, SH1T under somebody's shoe because just because I've been born with a disability whereas if you're an Olympian you're always an Olympian but mm. a Paralympian we still have to deal with stigma of the disability and awkwardness and ignorance at certain times but not as much as it used to be um, and um, and then to be told you're amazing the next minute so I, I generally just don't uh, take either side of those on board I'm just me and I'm really lucky Great friends and family, great horses, and uh, the team's waving yeah. at me now. They're, kind of, they they're doing us. a mini mixing and a wave behind you. <laughs> so, um, is that because they want to mention, or is that because they want you to go? Because I just need you for a little bit longer. <laughs> they're I just... just generally taking the Mickey like friends would. <laughs> Amazing. So, so your team then? You've worked with them for a really long time yeah. to, to be going to that many that many Paralympics. Yes. What, what would you say the difference is for you between the first ever one to to go? in September are there differences or does, is the pressure the same the pressure is individual for yourself to deal with that for me I actually feel really pressurized on this one because I'm on a homebred horse home produced um, and so she's all my fault and she's <laughs> not got tons and tons of experience and uh, her personality her nickname is an Arab princess lesbian cat <laughs> So you can imagine what her her attitude is like. And she's like one of the most talented horses I've ever ridden and produced. She's like a Ferrari. But at the same time, she's only got to go and do a walk-trot test, and which has got to be the best walk-trot test in the country, in the world. Uh, but she's got to go down that centre line with an audience and an atmosphere. So I hope she doesn't let me down. But at the same time, I'm always planning for the future. It's a horse that has the possibility to be in contention for selection for to- Tokyo. So we've got to keep looking forwards. And, uh, and Natasha's in the same boat. She's riding a horse that she's only been competing this year. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that's kind of been thrown in at the deep end. But the, both horses have got their scores. Natasha's got great scores. Styletta's, my horse, has got good scores. So um, we want to win. We really mm. want to. We want to maintain team gold if possible. And um, But at the same time, the sport, compared back to your question, better years ago, the sport is so much more professional. I mean, we've today had lectures and lectures on heat and nutrition because you're now after slight percentages. And if your horse overheats by half a degree, that's going to affect them. So um, discussions so about... How, how do you keep... What, what's their advice then? I mean, we can't walk around with fans all day. So well, there's fans. We there's water fans for when we get off. But we've been discussing kind of before we go down the arena. So we're going to look into ideas of keeping the horses cool before we compete. Because obviously you wipe mm. the sweat off and you don't. You want them to look the best. But actually, we want them to be the best and feel the best, not just from the cosmetic angle. So it's a bit similar to what we do, but 
more from a conscious of cooling the horses and doing minimum warm-up. I mean, we're going to be out there for 10 days before we even compete. There's no turnout for the horses. There's no grass. There's no areas to even do grass walking. So mm. thinking of ways to keep the horses entertained. I mean, luckily, they're sport horses, so mine do get a lot of turnout. But there's moments in their careers where they, they go hacking uh, they don't get turned out, they go hacking, they school, or they just go meandering around the yard sometimes. And I take them out in the mobility scooter. I walk them next to the mobility scooter, much to the horrified looks of the neighbours. Because <laughs> especially if I walk the dog who's here, so you can say Aww. hello, As- Asbo. Oh, Asbo. Is that what he's called? <laughs> She's called Azure, but her nickname's Asbo. Um, but that's brilliant. Yeah. Why shouldn't you? It's your horse and you train your horses to do what you want. If yeah, you want yeah, to take yeah. your horse out for a yeah. walk. But it but does stop you've... traffic. It does stop traffic. Yeah, I thought it was my <laughs> hair colour. <laughs> you've, got, um, you've, got, you've got Asbo there. I, yeah. I, I, I wait until the time. So I've, I've got a Labrador and I've recently bought him one of these cool down coats. Okay. Um, and they're brilliant. So basically you put a bit of water on them and they keep the, they keep the dog's temperature really, really like perfect temperature okay. so we just we you and mm. i lee are going to make mm. a lot of money because we should make horse ones <laughs> they're like horse rugs that keep them cool but i'm going to pee on your fire now <laughs> because you've already the, got one within within the lecture we've just had they've just told us that those rugs are all right until the water heats up and then they have the opposite effect and they warm your horse up really yeah so maybe we need to connect it to a fridge that keeps the water warm <laughs> but don't tell anybody about that idea and i'm sure That's similar fine. ones have happened <laughs> over the past but believe you me I lie in bed and I have a little note section on my phone where I write all my inventions down so mm-hmm. one day one day especially if I retire from horses I might be a rich man and can you see yourself retiring anytime soon you've got the world equestrian games now then yeah. Tokyo do you think Tokyo might be it or I don't have any plans these certain days I wake up I don't think I should retire today uh, <laughs> Usually the politics, occasionally the horses. Um, I literally have no plans. Um, I'm, I've got my property on the market and uh, it's absolutely beautiful and I as such don't want to move, but I at the same time would like to get the equity out of it and decide, make a few life decisions then whether I buy an, an equestrian pop property because mine didn't come with equestrian facilities um, or, or kind of downsize, maybe have a couple of horses at livery. I have 10 horses at the moment and, and four are competition horses so that's quite busy for an individual mm. um, it's bad enough having one dog to tie your town down y- like, yeah. alone te- you know when it comes to holiday and stuff but i think you know we're lucky in that we can keep riding till yeah. we're 80 we yeah. can be the queen and ride at 90 it's, yeah. it's not a problem you didn't I call me it, a queen then did you no i would never <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, um, we're really lucky that there's no time limits and, and I, I do love our sports that men can be it's the only sport that men can, and women compete equally against uh, against each other and there's no yeah. age differences and i'm forever promoting our sport because people say oh it's elitist I'm like well any sport at a high level is very very elite but but it's not I really don't think it's not the amount of yeah toddlers toddlers ride and queens ride (laughs) and everybody in between male and female so it is it's it's a lifestyle it's not a sport is it realistically it's a lifestyle so my husband and I were talking the other day. He's decided he wants a horse. Um, I would stop talking to him if that <laughs> happens. Yeah, stop talking to him. He, he's decided he wants a Western horse, though. Yeah, um, I did a because... little bit of that two years ago. What well, was it last year? Last year, yeah. Did para, you? Para raining. Wow, yeah, how was that? I'm kind of that? on his side now because it is really good fun. It's like dressage without contact and you can wear cowboy yeah. outfits. 
Hello. And, and this is the main reason I love it, you get audience participation. You can, like, <laughs> be at the side going, husband, you're doing a load of rubbish, or go faster, or spin faster. And it's not like dressage at all. Dressage Where needs all to be quiet. a bit more interesting for spectators, because it's like, mm-hmm. you, you won't be able to breathe soon. In fact, I don't think you'll be able to watch dressage soon, just in case you upset the horse. Let me tell you, my first dressage, I bought my first horse when I was 28, Lee, and uh, my mum, my dad, I'm 28, and my parents' family came to watch, right, because they know it's a big thing. So my first dressage competition, you're not allowed to say anything, no. which we struggle with anyway. Yeah. You're not allowed to clap. No. You're not allowed to cheer. No. Um, you're, you're not allowed to talk to anyone. No. Yet my mum falls over, crashes into a puddle, hits the lorry. My dad wets himself so much he can't breathe. And my brother's in the corner. They came over to us and asked us to be quiet. Okay, well... And I'm like, well... well we need to have fun, you know, you've got to be able to enjoy yourself. <laughs> if this phone wasn't running out of power, I would tell you an even funnier story about my boys, oh. but we'll save that for the next podcast. Well, on that note, Lee, thank you so, so much. Thank okay. you for coming onto the podcast no, today. Thanks for your interest and support. No, we are. Anytime you want to talk about anything, you've got my number now. You can just okay. give me a call. Thank you. And um, we'll, well, we'll probably speak to you just before you get on the plane in September to the World Equestrian Games. That would be ace. Thank you. Cheers, thank guys. You. See you. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, you can catch up with previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk or you can listen on iTunes, Acar, Stitcher, Player FM, even Alexa. I hope you've had a really good week with your horse and enjoy Horse Hour on Twitter every Monday, 8 till 9pm. Just use hashtag Horse Hour. And great news is over 50 million of you every month use our hashtag so thank you for being such amazing supporters thank you for sharing your journeys and your stories and i hope you have a good week with your horse and i'll speak to you soon hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.